Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. In the past few programs, we've been catching up on recent developments and topics that we've previously looked at at the Electronic Cottage. Here are a few more. Have you ever bought an ebook from the Microsoft Store? If so, you probably got a note recently that in early July of 2019, any books you bought and any electronic notes you made in those books will no longer be available to you. Microsoft announced on April 2, 2019, that it was shuttering the book section of its online store. Apparently not enough people bought enough books to make the book section profitable. One problem may have been that Microsoft tied the book purchases via DRM, or so-called Digital Rights Management Software, to use on Microsoft's Edge web browser. As we've noted on previous programs, that browser was so bad that Microsoft recently chucked the underlying code for it and substituted the Chrome browser code while keeping the Edge name and some of the features that some people actually did like. At any rate, if you're one of the people who purchased any books from the Microsoft Store, poof, they will disappear from your library as if they never existed. To its credit, Microsoft will refund what people paid for their books, and if a person made electronic notes to attach to the books before April 2nd, Microsoft will throw in an extra 25 bucks for your loss. Hopefully you didn't make too many notes because 25 bucks is not a lot for your time and trouble. This whole saga once again reminds us, as we've often pointed out on previous programs, that if we purchase any kind of product that's in digital form and protected by digital rights management software, we don't own it. We have a license to access whatever the material is, music or books or software, whatever, but we don't own it in the same way we own a physical book or a CD we can hold in our hand that we bought in a store or even bought online for that matter. The web pages hawking digital products all have big buy buttons on them. But what we're buying is not a song or a story that we own and can do with what we want. What we're buying is a right to access that song or story as long as the company that sold it to us stays in business, or, as was the case with Amazon on several occasions, until the company decides it either doesn't have the rights to sell the title in the first place, or decided it shouldn't be selling a book for some reason having to do with the content of the book. In the first case, with Amazon, the book in question was, are you ready for this, George Orwell's 1984. You know, the book that more or less predicted the Big Brother world many people are living in today. And taking back an electronic version of a book that a person had bought and paid for is a wonderful example of that kind of Big Brother control. That's exactly what happened with Amazon, and in the middle of the night no less. People woke to find that the book they thought they had bought was no longer on their Kindles. Poof again. Whether it's Amazon or Microsoft or Walmart, which some years ago decided to close its digital music store, which left purchasers in the lurch, the lessons are the same. In the digital world, we don't own anything in digital form in the same way that we own a house or a car or a pair of shoes. We own licenses to use the digital product. 
If we do decide to purchase digital products, we'd be wise to buy ones that do not depend for access on digital rights management software. Some refer to DRM as digital restrictions management software. Otherwise, as the current Microsoft situation reminds us, we're at the mercy of whoever we paid money to, thinking that we actually bought a digital product. Instead of actually owning it, we're totally dependent on that company to allow us to access whatever we paid for. Read the agreements that most of us just click through. That's what they say, though in much longer and more verbose language. Meanwhile, facial recognition software has hit the front pages recently when it became clear that the Federal Customs and Border Protection folks, and ICE in particular, have been trolling drivers' license databases in a number of states, looking for facial recognition matches of people who have driver's licenses, or even applied for driver's licenses, who CBP thinks should not be in the country. This was all done, of course, for years, with no warrants and usually with no legal process at all. In most cases, somebody in ICE sent somebody in a state's motor vehicle department an email and poof, those DMV databases of photos were searched. A moment ago, we mentioned Orwell's 1984. Even Orwell didn't imagine the effect that facial recognition technology, which is still largely unregulated in this country, could have on personal privacy. While some in our gridlock Congress have been making what amounts to whimpers about this danger to the Fourth Amendment, and, in fact, to basic human dignity, a few local and state governments are beginning to take those threats seriously. We mentioned on a previous program that San Francisco has passed a law preventing any city agency from using facial recognition technology. Recently, Somerville, Massachusetts on the other coast passed a similar law. As Ben Ewan Campen, the counselor who's been the primary sponsor of that ordinance, said after it was passed unanimously by the city council, quote, This is a small step, but it's a reminder that we're in charge of our own society and that the community activists, the government, working together can actually shape this stuff. We don't have to just sit back and take it, end quote. May that turn out to be true beyond San Francisco and Somerville, Massachusetts. But there's a whole country in between, and we'll try to keep an eye on how the rest of the country responds to the kind of facial recognition technology that Big Brother in George Orwell's 1984 would have killed for. Right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music